0: But first, City Council is expected to vote this week on funding to extend the CTA's red line to the far south side, beyond 95th Street. The proposal on the table would use revenue from downtown property taxes to fund some of the $3.6 billion plan. Here to discuss is Lou Turner. He's a clinical assistant professor of urban planning at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Welcome to Reset, Professor.
1: Hi, Sasha. Glad to be here.
0: Also with us is Cheryl Johnson, the Executive Director of People for Community Recovery. Good to have you back on the program, Cheryl.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me,
0: too. I'll start with you, Cheryl. This red line extension, it's been a long time coming. So I'm curious your reaction to this current funding proposal.
2: Well, you know, since they announced it maybe almost like 15 years ago, I've been actively uh, monitoring this opportunity because we're in a transit desert area, in a whole lot of other uh, desert, but this is, this will be a game changer for our community. It will give us the opportunity to reduce travel time because we only currently, all my life, only seen maybe two buses, but we only mainly have one bus, and that's the 34 Michigan, and it'd be overcrowded by the time it gets to 95th Street. So, when you talk about uh, time. Time is essence and to reduce that amount of time in traveling and to go all the way from Ogil Gardens for an example up to Loyola University on mm-hmm. one transit, that's a great opportunity. Not only for you know, future students and it just it just opened up great opportunity and it increased other transit opportunities to come through this way that we lack.
0: Professor, how about you? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a very important move. Um, I've worked on this this project for 20 years now. Uh, wow. Actually, December is the 20th anniversary of when uh, it first came to the attention of the community organization I work for, Developing Communities Project, and uh, we've worked on the project for you know up until now. I teach a course on the Red Line Extension, and I've worked with Cheryl over the years on it as well. Um, but it's uh, she's right. It'd be a, a real game changer. I, I don't imagine I, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't be supportive of it. It's a, it's a legacy project. It is a major infrastructure project. In fact, it's the largest infrastructure transit infrastructure project in any African-American community yeah. in the nation.
0: Well, Professor, so, just so we're clear, uh, tell us what exactly the funding proposal would do.
1: The red line um Extension transit TIF, which frankly we proposed way back in the day, um, <clears throat> would uh, allow uh, trans, uh, TIF dollars to be used uh, to uh, provide the local match for the uh, to match the federal funding. The federal funding would be sixty percent of the funding for the red line extension, that money essentially is already in the bank. But in order to draw that money down, it requires a state and local match. The transit TIF, which is before the finance committee today and will be before the full city council on Wednesday, um, should it be passed. And I urge everyone to pass it since the red purple modernization was passed 48 to zero on the north side by the city council. Uh, it would be able to draw down that federal funding to get the red line extension uh, built. I think the big question mark or a question mark for me is it's supposed to be this a state and local match. So the question for me is, where is the state's part of it? And I don't know where that is in terms of the Pritzker administration.
0: Yeah. Well, Cheryl, you talked a bit earlier about what it's like to access public transit uh, from where you live, but talk more about what this red line extension would mean for far south side communities like Altga gardens, because uh, I mean, it's, it's one that's the most isolated from transit.
2: Exactly. Because it would open up other transit, but, uh, to come down our area, I could give you a classical example, right on 130th in Indiana, we are right on 130th in Ellis. There's no bus that goes from east to west. I mean, from west to east to get to 130th in Torrance. In order for me to get to 130th uh, in Torrance from my house, I would have to go to 95th Street and catch two additional buses. So it would take me three buses just to get to 130th Street at Torrance Avenue. Mm. It's only it's less than five minutes in a car. And it's a pro- probably like fifteen to twenty minutes on a bu- i mean on a bike, but it's like a thirty minutes walk and, and to have to use three transfers just to get to that designation uh and particularly to the fourth supply campus, yeah. it would be a game changer to have this opportunity so yes, yeah, we've been in this area for over sixty some years of my life that transit has always been a big barrier in our community, and a big right. burden for many people who can get to the— we're in the Lake Calumet District. There are all kind of manufacturing jobs in this area that we can't even get to because we lack the trans- transportation means to get there. Mm-hmm. Just as we lack the transportation, really just to get to the development on 111th Street. Wow. It's still going to take us two buses just to get there. You know, so these opportunities is greatly needed. And I just hope that, you know, just as much they invested on the north side, that this type of investment is greatly needed on the south side.
0: Well, there's a hearing underway right now in the city council's finance committee where the the public is also getting a a chance to weigh in on this plan. Let's listen to some of the voices.
2: Research has shown that one of the greatest factors in upward mobility is commute time access to this transportation.
0: For decades, leaders and communities on the far south side have advocated for this extension. It will bring dramatic transit improvements for riders and tremendous indirect benefits for the majority black communities served, as well as for Chicago as a whole. This project is more than a transportation project. It has the potential to change lives, to transform several Chicago communities that have not seen this level of investment in ages. So, Cheryl, I imagine you're not surprised by what we just heard. No,
2: I'm not surprised. And I just, I didn't realize that just as Lou just said, it's been 20 years, I'm thinking 15, but I've been involved ever since the announcement of it, monitoring and hoping that this comes to fruition, fruition, and now we're at that point. And I just hope that an uh, elected official would just do the right thing and pass it out of committee and get it to the floor and pass it, and let's get this, this opportunity rolling.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Advocates have been pushing Chicago to extend the red line train further south for years, and we may just be one step closer to that becoming a reality. We're discussing the current funding plan with Cheryl Johnson from People for Community Recovery and urban planning professor Lou Turner from the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Professor Turner, give us some more background here. How has this project moved forward under Mayor Lightfoot?
1: Well, we actually have had two mayors that this project has uh, been a part of their uh, campaign platform. Rahm Emanuel had the Red Line extension as, frankly, the only infrastructure project in his platform, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot also, for the same thing, had the was the only infrastructure project in her. Uh, uh, and her platform. Um, I think there's some questions and some possibilities uh, that the Invest Southwest proposal from the Department of Planning and Development would be important in terms of what's called transit supportive development for the red line uh, extension, particularly you know economic development around the station. I would point out, however, a, a major concern that I have is that at least from the environmental impact statement of the uh, CTA, the one stop that seems to have the least uh, focus in terms of economic development is the 130th Street stop out yeah. of Alkell Gardens. And so that is a major concern for me. Um, and I'm sure for, for Cheryl is that it's all right to have a train stop, a L L stop there, but unless there is economic development around there, mm-hmm. um, it just becomes a means of suburbanites to get you know, quicker into the city and doesn't really develop the Riverdale and Oak Hill Gardens area much.
0: The uh, The City Council Finance Committee, as I mentioned, they're meeting this morning to discuss this funding proposal. Just so we're clear, what are the next steps?
1: Well, the next steps is that it's going to hopefully it'll pass out of committee. it will go to the City Council on um, on Wednesday, and hopefully it will, it will pass, but it essentially provides the, uh, the means to leverage the federal funding under what's called the New Starts program. The New Starts program is essentially a fast-tracking program for infrastructure projects like this. And so uh, right now, the project is in the current planning phase of what's called preliminary engineering which has a number of elements to it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, presumably, uh, as everything moves along, uh, the CTA uh, hopes to uh, begin construction in 2025. Of course, that deadline has moved quite a few times over the years. So hopefully 2025 will be um, the real start of the project.
0: Well, Cheryl, as the extension project moves forward anything else that you're watching for in particular Yeah, well
2: you know i would like to say from the back end of this whole development we as as a community as an organization we are pushing this area to be a huge tourism area because the historical significance in this area mm-hmm. uh with the underground railroad with the all gail garden getting designated as one of the historical places uh and so they give us the opportunity to really look at how do we prepare our, our community for this change. So we are advocating for a vacant school building to be revitalized and be a training center to get our people in prep, uh, preparation for these opportunities going to come with the, the pre-construction and the construction of this opportunity. And also look at maritime situations where, we, are people, we we got 90 miles of waterways connected, but the education around how do you maintain, how do you uh, do these opportunities around maritime situation is give the opportunity for our community to learn about those aspects. Yeah. So, and our, and and important, we always do environmental uh, uh, training in our community around remediation. So we hope that. Uh, the, the biggest problem that we have, we have, we lack the space to conduct this training, and yeah. we got a vacant school building that that is owned by the Chicago Public School who doesn't want to relinquish the building but wanted to demolish, which is a historical building because it was the very first school building ever built in all Gale. Yeah. So we're trying to save that so that we're also talking about CAFE. So we are in dialogue with uh, CTA talking about what – external opportunities can happen, a community cafe, for an example, right. something along the line, because we have to remember that they are asking for land from the Chicago housing authority. And we want to make sure right. that there's some uh, economic opportunity. Yeah. And we, need the community as a result yeah we need of more than
0: just this Yeah. We need more than just this line. To them. We'll have to leave it there. Cheryl Johnson's the executive director of people for community recovery. And Lou Turner is a clinical assistant professor of urban planning at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Thank you both.